Welcome, America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Again with the border crap. Do not get tired of talking about it or paying attention to it. It's still happening, and it's still wicked bad, and they'd like nothing better than to distract you. We are not being distracted. No chocolate for Easter? What? If they stop making Cadbury cream eggs, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm out. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Good guy or gal with a gun. Great story. And the Super Bowl. Yes, I know. No, we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl. But we got a couple of stories with some good things that happened. A lot of crap. I haven't watched the NFL or a Super Bowl in years ever since they went woke, nor will I uh, ever again. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Monday morning at 10 o'clock and the day begins. How is your weekend? How was your weekend? It's over now. We are just kicking off the work week. Thanks for popping by. Really appreciate that. If you wouldn't mind, hit that follow button. Hit that thumbs up button. Free to do. Just click the button and uh, you're good to go. If you don't have a Rumble account, all you need to do is sign up for one. Just send off your email. Fill in the form. It's easy. In fact, if you click the follow button or the thumbs up, it will open up a little box where you can sign up for a free account. Don't spam your inbox. We don't give away your information. It's just a way of getting notified when we are live. And we are live Monday through Friday from 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. <sighs> Here we go. We got so much stuff going on. We're going to sponsor that. Yeah, one of our great sponsors is Blackout Coffee. We love these guys. Folks, get rid of that brown water crap you've been drinking. A lot of our viewers have tried this, and the reports are 100% fantastic. Absolutely nothing but high praise. Be awake, not woke. This company supports America, American values, our troops, our first responders. I love my Blackout Coffee. Yes, they are a sponsor. But it doesn't matter. I don't get. I don't use sponsors that don't have good products and support America. That's what Blackout Coffee is all about. They love the country. That's awesome. Now that matters if you don't make a good product. They work with local co-ops, American farmers to source the best beans. Then they have a small batch roasting process. That means only once you order, within 48 hours, they roast your beans, ship them out, and they're very anal retentive about making sure that shipment goes on time. Less than a week, you've got a fresh bag of roasted beans at your door, and you will taste the difference. Always full-flavored, full-bodied, robust, never bitter. Blackout coffee. Order online. The link is in our show notes. And when you get your order all set, you've picked out what kind of roast you want, you're ready to check out. There's a place there to put in a promo code there is the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20. That will get you 20% off your first order. As a thank you from us for helping to support not only the show, but Blackout Coffee. Love these guys. They make an amazing product. And uh, we are very, very proud <clears throat> to have them as a part 
of our sponsor here. Welcome, America. On the show. Fasten all your right, seatbelts. All right, I think that's enough. This Where is the is Jay mouse? Show. Thank you. <laughs> Why did we play the opening again? I have no idea. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, blackout. Mm. Good stuff. Okay, the border. The border, the border, the border. It's all we ever talk about. Can't you ever shut up about the border? The answer is no. We're not going to shut up about the border because the border is a complete freaking nightmare. It's entirely the responsibility of Biden, Mayorkas, the whole Biden administration. And he right now has a no-win immigration problem. Right there from Axios. Struggling with the chaos at the border, this delusional bag of oatmeal, partly of his own doing, but no president in recent history, including Donald Trump, has faced an immigration crisis on a scale of what Biden is facing. And it's all his own doing. So you know what? Suffer. Couldn't care less. Mad Bone, welcome in, pal. All right. Haven't seen you for a while. Good to have you on the show. Thanks, Mad Bone. At, Biden was elected after promising to end the harsh treatments that Trump imposed on immigration. Well, at this point, we could use a bit of harsh treatment. Almost immediately, the president, trapped by a humanitarian political crisis, Republicans seized on this issue, of course, said Biden's more lenient policies were open borders, which, in fact, they are. Progressives, immigration advocates backing Biden's election quickly proved unappeasable and critical of the administration's policy decisions as waves, tens, hundreds of thousands of illegals poured across the border. Former administration officials under Biden and current say dysfunction and slow decision-making from the top, can you say Mayorkas, is what feels like an impossible situation. The reality is, folks, over the last three years, it is unprecedented, never in our history, ever. Back-to-back -back records of migrant encounters by Customs and Border Patrol. Literally millions of people, 2.5 million crossings last year. Many of them not just journeying through Mexico, Central South America and beyond the Middle East. The Darien Gap, 100 mile long mountainous region which separates Colombia and Panama. It's where virtually everybody's got to go through. It once served as a real barrier. Now, there is a routine. There are humanitarian organizations there assisting people to get through that gap which used to be a big it's not a wall but in a sense a wall that kept a lot of people from from getting through now 
They're doing everything they can to get them through. Madbone says, shut up about the border when the border is shut up. Bang, exactly, yes. Ha, nice one, exactly right. We will shut up about the border when the border is shut up. My new catchphrase. Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua. A million cases. U.S. immigration courts. More than a million of them involving those who have already filed for asylum. When this ass took office in January of 2021, he had to deal with baggage from the pandemic, Trump administration, border numbers had been climbing, but nowhere near once he dumped all Trump's policies and pretty much just opened the border. Unbelievable. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you know what? Since we're on the subject, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in our schedule. You will not believe. Remember we talked about the Darien Gap? It's criminal. Yeah, you're right, Madbone. It's beyond criminal. There is a video I posted. It's a little further down in the show notes. But this is insane. It's from Wall Street Apes. A detailed video. It's like four or five minutes long. I can't play the whole thing. I'll play you a little bit of it that details how these immigrants are instructed by these NGOs on how to get through our border. They are basically facilitating the entire collapse of the southern border and ultimately perhaps our country. Take a look. Catered to by various international government and non-government organizations a few on the scene include OIM, Red Cross, <laughs> UNICEF, HIAS, European Union, Doctors Without Borders, UNHCR, and the Norwegian Refugee Council, who offer migrants aid and instructions on how to get to the United States. Migrants receive various maps detailing exactly how to trek to the U.S. border. This map, displayed in a HIAS care facility, shows the migrant path across Panama and Costa Rica, in this footage, a highest worker can be seen explaining exactly how to cross Panama. A more comprehensive map is distributed by Look the Red that. Cross. This map not only shows multiple migration routes to the United States, but also includes rest stops across Central America and Mexico. That's from the Red Cross. Think about that the next time you're writing checks to charities. UN, European Union, Red Cross, UNICEF. Detailed maps, detailed maps, including rest stops along the way, how to get from down there, cross the Darren Gap and up to the end into the border. And of course, once you get there, you just walk across. Nobody's going to stop you. If they do, they'll give you some piece of paper which you can ignore. 
It's a plot. It's a plan. So far, it's been working just swimmingly well, huh? Unbelievable. Well, we did get a piece of good news over the weekend. It's rather a tragic story, to tell you the truth, but uh, it's a good guy with a gun story. In this case, it's a good gal with a gun story. Texas police responded to a reported shooting at Joel Austin's megachurch. This is from Daily Caller. Texas authorities rushed into the Joel Olstein's megachurch in Houston on Sunday. They got a report of an active shooter. About 2 p.m., Houston PD responded with reports of an active shooter at the Lakewood Church, warned residents to avoid the area. The active scene at Lakewood Church, traffic very heavy, service road, avoid the area. They confirmed during the press briefing that the shooter, identified as a woman, entered the west side of the church building and began open firing with a single rifle. Now, the police chief in Houston, Troy Finner, described the woman had been wearing a backpack over a trench coat and was allegedly accompanied by a five-year-old child? What? Confirmed the woman shooter was killed at the scene. However, the child was hit during the incident and is currently at a local hospital in critical condition. Authorities say an unidentified man around 37 years old was also hit in the leg during the event as well and is in the hospital. Troy wow. Finner. Thank you, Bear. Enter. Uh, at some point, she began to fire. I want to compliment the off-duty officers who were working extra employment here. One TABC agent, four years of service, 38 years old. An HPD off-duty officer, 28 years old, two years of service. Both officers, the officer and agent, uh, engaged, uh, striking the female. Uh, she's deceased here on the scene. Unfortunately, a five-year-old kid was hit and is in critical condition at our local hospital. Wow. There's actually a recording of the shots from the audio radio play of the church service. They reportedly confirmed that they were wrapping up an afternoon service about to begin their Spanish-speaking uh, session of service uh, when the shooting took place. Wow. Good guy with a gun. Taking care of business. Could have been a lot worse. In fact, apparently the only ones injured, there's a 37-year-old guy, someone at the service. But um, the shooter is dead. Sadly, why this, well, 
it's hard to say why this idiot moron would do anything, but why she would bring a five-year-old child who was also injured in the incident and is in critical condition. It's just unfreaking believable. Uh, Amreb, hey, welcome in, pal. Good to see you. Yeah, WTF, you're exactly right. It's just, man. Like I said, it ended for the most part in a good way, but, um, and it could have been a lot worse. But the shooter is dead, so we're very happy about that. Good, I'm glad. Enjoy hell. Speaking of hell, can you imagine a world with no chocolate? I know. We go from the big heavy stories to the stupid ones, but this isn't so stupid. There actually is a cocoa shortage, and it is putting Easter in jeopardy. Folks, I have a few obsessions. A few, not too many. One of my obsessions, and I've talked about this before, are Cadbury cream eggs. They are nothing but pure sugar mixed with some sugar, blended together with a little more sugar, and then just to be safe, a little more sugar is added at the end. I am such a sucker for Cadbury cream eggs. When I see a headline like this, I'm very concerned. Christians around the globe soon be making preparations. Easter's not that far away, you know. But there is a global cocoa shortage, and it is driving up the price of chocolate a lot. Severe winds off the West African coast caused by El Nino weather systems have devastated the cocoa crops on in the African continent. Prices are spiraling. The commodity currently commanding almost $6,000 a ton on the global market, twice what it was just 12 months ago. Massive increase in the cost for chocolate producers. Wow. Isn't that funny that that deliciousness we love comes from this odd-looking bean? America's largest chocolate brand, Hershey, seen its shares tumble 30%. Companies preparing to undertake a series of cost-cutting measures, which could see up to 5% of the staff losing their jobs. Ouch. Easter, of course, the time where we celebrate the uh, rising from the dead of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But uh, the traditions like painted Easter eggs and chocolate bunnies and all kinds of, I just ate 10 cream. I hate you, Madbone. <laughs> you can't get them here. You can, but they cost a freaking fortune on a normal Easter. This year, I'm sure they're going to be three times or more the price. They're very hard to find. I just ate 10 cream eggs. See that face? Jealousy. Anyway, 
Yellow Peeps are another favorite. Not an obsession, but I also love those sugar treats. You know, Yellow Peeps, the little yellow marshmallow things. Yeah. All right. So apparently there's going to be a bit of a problem getting our chocolate fix this year. Or if you're going to get your chocolate fix, you better be prepared because you're going to pay through the nose for it. You did not just eat 10 cream eggs. Your sugar level would be like, me, 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 me. <laughs> All right. Big tech censorship. It's still happening, still going on. Story from reclaimthenet.org. Links in our show notes. Jim Jordan, 44 other members of Congress have submitted a brief to the Supreme Court in a major big tech censorship case. They're deciding whether the federal government pressured social media platforms to censor and whether that is a First Amendment violation. Well, of course it is. We know it happened. We've seen the X-Files. Isn't that funny now? When they were the Twitter files, no big deal, but now we have to call them the X-Files? They've joined forces with the American First Legal, submitted a crucial brief to the Supreme Court, supporting Missouri, Louisiana, and private plaintiffs in the significant case of Murthy versus Missouri. Allegations of the federal government's unconstitutional suppression of free speech on social media platforms. There is actually a copy of the brief, the actual brief. That link is in the link in our show notes. So they're taking it up to the Supreme Court as well they should. Yikes, I can send you some. <laughs> I'd actually accept those. If you want, send me an email, show at jsheldon.com, S-H-O-W, show at jsheldon.com. We'll talk. <laughs> Although, I don't know how well they'd travel across the world, but we'll see. For Cadbury cream eggs, I'm willing to try almost anything. I'll tell you what, go buy a bag of blackout coffee and I'll get a commission on it, and then I can use, I'll use that money to buy Cadbury eggs. <laughs> oh man, I will do anything for a sale, huh? <laughs> well, yes, the Super Bowl was yesterday. No, I didn't watch. I will never watch. Ever since they started supporting dropping to one knee, Black Lives Matters, the riots, all that leftist woke bullshit, they lost me. Never again. There are some companies like this one. This is not what you think it is. It's just do nothing, not just do it. Yesterday, at the Super Bowl, they played the Black National Anthem. There is no black national anthem. I don't care what you think. We 
are Americans. It doesn't matter what the melanin content of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your heritage is. Black, white, brown, yellow, for lack of a better phrase, doesn't matter. We are Americans. We have one national anthem. It is the Star Spangled Banner. Andrea Day's rendition of Lift Every Voice and Sing, often referred to as the Black National Anthem, might have captivated fans, but the inclusion of that song in the lineup of yesterday's Super Bowl sparked all kinds of outrage, as well it should, across social media. Brilliant performance, absolutely spectacular, not the Black National Anthem. We don't have a Black National Anthem. We have the Star Spangled Banner, which is the anthem for all Americans. Black, white, and every color of the rainbow in between. From Matt Gates, today is the Super Bowl. Matt, we aren't watching. Wife, why? Me, they're desecrating America's national anthem by playing something called the Black National Anthem. Wife, does that mean Cardi's performing? <laughs> this is just another example of how they are doing everything they can to divide us. They want us divided. They want us at each other's throats. This whole black national anthem thing is just another nail in the coffin, just another way for them to get you and I to hate each other. We're not going to do it. We're not going to fall for it. We're not putting up with this crap. It isn't going to work. You will fail. Being an American, your star-spangled banner anthem has nothing to do with the melanin content of your skin. Holden made the Super Bowl in fine fashion, I might add. See, these are the stories that I like about the Super Bowl. I don't give a crap about Taylor Swift. I don't care who won. I don't even care who was playing. These are the stories. Where's my Holden story? Hang on a quick second here. I gotta find this thing again because for some reason it disappeared. What happened? Give me a break. Just give me a second. Gotta find this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You remember the guy who, the little kid, the young Chiefs fan, slandered by the media for wearing blackface 
Well, he made it to the Super Bowl and gave a big double-barreled middle finger. Holden Armenta predicted the Chiefs would win 31-28. to Just last week, it was revealed the family was taking legal action against Deadspin and reporter Karen Phillips. Complaint filed against Geo Media and Blast Deadspin for maliciously and wantonly attacking Holden Armenta. Well, yesterday he made what the big game. Say, buddy? <laughs> How about that? He's going to the Super Bowl. There he is. What's that? 31-28. All right, let's see how you fare against these. A lot of people get paid a lot of money to try to figure that out. Let's see how close you are, bud. Golden Holden. Take it to the bank, Golden Holden. By the way, a group put together a fundraiser to raise the money to get him to the game and get him tickets to the game, which is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now, having said all that I said about the national anthem, and there is only one national anthem, my favorite song, I'm not just saying this for the sake of racking up brownie points with conservatives. It is and has always been. I am 66 years old. For six, well, once I became cognizant of music and America, this song has been my favorite song. Most people know the first verse. If you ever have a chance to hear a recording or even read the words of the entire song, do it. It is beautiful. It is America the beautiful. There was actually at one time a movement on to have America the beautiful you know, oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, that one. There was a movement to have that replace the Star Spangled Banner officially as our national anthem. I would very much, obviously, be in favor of that. While it has not happened, I fully support the very difficult-to-sing national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. But it is hard to argue with the idea that this, which was performed at the Super Bowl last night by Post Malone, would not be a viable alternative. This, I can't play the whole thing, but this was absolutely incredible. Beautiful for spacious skies, for is a for purple bouncing majesty the
that is. Now you see what I'm talking about. That song is just, if you actually listen to the lyrics and listen to all the verses, it will make you cry. It will bring a tear to your eye. It is my favorite song. It always has been. Of all the millions and millions of pieces of music I've listened to over the years, that song has a special place in my heart. Don't know why my patriotic self, whatever, I don't know what it is, but just something about the words, the verses, the lyrics to that song, absolutely incredible. And that version of it by Post Malone, absolutely insane. So well done. All right, I got one more. <laughs> I got one more for you before we get into a new book today. We're starting a new one. We we finished Treasure Island on Friday. But before we do that, we always end with a little bit of funny or poignant or something that'll lighten the mood a little bit. This is a father trying to teach his little boy how to blow bubbles. You know, you put the thing in the jar of bubble solution, you pull it out and you you blow in it, the bubbles come out. Everybody does that. We still do it today. Watch this. But it's really important. You pay attention to what happens at the very end. This is insane. Watch. Dunks it in and puts it right in the mouth. And then... Bloop. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> Watch it again. It's like, ew, that doesn't taste so good. And then when he goes to spit it out, bloop. <laughs> I could watch this all day. This is so funny. All right. There's a link to that video in our show notes if you want to check it out. Share it out in your social media. <laughs> and the look on the father's face like, did you just do that? Classic. Classic stuff. <laughs> okay. Speaking of classic stuff... We have a new book for you. Ah, this is cool. I remember reading this as a kid, and uh, it was great. There was a series, actually, a bunch of different titles. We're doing one of the more well-known ones. It was uh, written by Margaret Sidney, and it was first published, strangely enough, the same year that Treasure Island was published, 1881. Yeah. It's the five little peppers and how they grew. We read classic children's books on this show in an effort to get you to pick up a book, to get your kids to read, to get a book into the hands of your kids, or ultimately you to read bedtime stories to your kids. Do it. It's worth it. Kids need to learn how to read. They need to learn how to love books. And uh, once again... We're starting a brand new one tonight. It is The Five Little Peppers. 
and how they grew from Margaret Sidney. To the memory of my mother, wise in counsel, tender in judgment, and in all charity, strengthful in Christian faith and purpose, I dedicate with reverence this simple book. A Home View, Chapter 1. The little old kitchen had quieted down from the bustle and confusion of midday, and now with its afternoon manners on presented the holiday aspect. As that was the principal room in the brown house, it was eminently proper it should have. It was just on the edge of the twilight, and the little peppers, all except Ben, the oldest of the flock, were enjoying a breathing spell as their mother called it, which meant some quiet work suitable for the hour. All the breathing spell they could remember, however, poor things, for times were always hard for them nowadays. And since the father died, when Phronsie was a baby, Mrs. Pepper had hard work to scrape together money enough to put bread into her children's mouths and to pay rent to the little brown house. She'd met life too bravely to be beaten down now. So with a stout heart and a cheery face, she'd worked away day after day at making coats, tailoring, mending of all descriptions, and she'd seen with pride that couldn't be concealed her noisy, happy brood growing up around her, filling her heart with comfort and making the little brown house fairly ring with jollity and fun. Poor things, she'd say to herself. They haven't had any bringing up. They've just scrambled up. And then she'd set her lips together tightly and fly at her work faster than ever. I must get schooling for them some way, but I don't see how. Once or twice she'd thought, now the time is coming, but it never did. Winter shut in very cold, and it took so much more to feed and warm them that the money went faster than ever. And then, when the way seemed clear again, the store changed hands, so that for a long time she failed to get her usual supply of sacks and coats to make. And that made sad havoc in the quarters and half dollars laid up as her nest egg. But, well, It'll come sometime, she'd say to herself, because it must. And so, at it again, she would fly, brisker than ever. To help mother was the great ambition of all the children, older and younger. But in Polly's and Ben's souls, the desire grew so overwhelmingly great as to absorb all lesser thoughts. Many and vast were their secret plans by which they were astonished at some future day. They'd only confide, as they did everything else, to one another. For his brother and sister were everything to each other and stood loyally together through thick and thin. Polly was ten, Ben one year older and the younger three of the five little peppers, as they were always called, looked up to them with the intensest admiration and love. 
when they failed to do, couldn't very well be done by anyone. Oh, dear, exclaimed Polly as she sat over in the corner by the window, helping her mother pull out basting threads from a coat she'd just finished, giving impatient twitch to the sleeves. I do wish we could ever have any light, just as much as we want. You don't need any light to see these threads, said Mrs. Pepper, winding up hers carefully as she spoke on her old spool. Take care, Polly, you broke that threads, dear, now. I couldn't help it, said Polly, vexed. It snapped. Everything's dear now, seems to me. I wish we could have oh, ever so many candles, as many as we wanted. I'd light them all. So there, and have it light here, one night anyway. Yes, and go dark the rest of the year, like as anyway, observed Mrs. Pepper, stopping to untie a knot. Folks who do so ever have any candles, she added sententiously. How many do you have, Polly? asked Joel, curiously laying down his hammer and regarding her with the utmost anxiety. Two hundred, said Polly decidedly. I'd have two hundred, all in a row. Two hundred candles, echoed Joel in amazement. My wackity, what a lot. Don't say such dreadful words, Joel put in Polly nervously, stopping to pick up her spooled basting thread that was racing away all by itself. It isn't nice. Tisn't worse than to wish you got things you haven't, retorted Joel. I don't believe you'd light them all at once, he added incredulously. Oh, yes, I would too, replied Polly recklessly. Two hundred of them. If I had a chance, all at once. So there, Joey Pepper. Oh, said little Davy, drawing in a long sigh. Why, it would be just like heaven. But wouldn't cost money, though? I don't care, said Polly, giving a flounce in her chair with a snapping another thread. Oh, dear me. I, I didn't mean to, Mammy. I well, I... I wouldn't care how much money it cost. We'd have as much light as we wanted for once. So, mercy, said Mrs. Pepper. You'd have the house afire. Two hundred candles. Who ever heard of such a thing? Would they burn, asked Phronsie, anxiously getting up from the floor where she was crouching with David, overseeing Joel nail on the cover of an old box. Going to Polly's side, she waited her answer patiently. Burn, said Polly. There, that's done now, Mamsie dear. And she put the coat with the last little pat into her mother's lap. I guess they would, Fonzie pet. And Polly caught up the little girl and spun round and round the old kitchen till they were both glad to stop. Then, said Phronsie, as Polly put her down and stood breathless after her last glorious spin, I do so wish me might, Polly, oh, just this one minute. And Phronsie clasped her fat little hands in rapture at the thought. Well, said Polly, giving a look up at the old clock in the corner, 
Deary me, it's half past five, and most time for Ben to come home. Away she flew to get supper. So for the next few moments, nothing was heard but the pulling out of the old table into the middle of the floor, the laying of the cloth, and all the other bustle attendant upon being ready for Ben. Polly went skipping around, cutting the bread, bringing dishes, only stopping long enough to fling some scraps of reassuring nonsense to the two boys, who were thoroughly dismayed at being obliged to remove their traps into a corner. Phronsie stood up, just where Polly left her. Two hundred candles, oh, what could it mean? She gazed up to the old beams overhead and around the dingy walls and to the black stove with the fire nearly out. Then over everything in the kitchen contained, trying to think how it would seem to have it bright and winsome and warm to suit Polly. Oh, she screamed. Goodness, said Polly, taking her head out of the old cupboard in the corner. How you scared me, Phronsie. Would they ever go out? asked the child gravely, still standing where Polly left her. What? asked Polly, stopping with a dish of cold potatoes in her hand. What, Phronsie? Why, the candles, said the child. The ever and ever so many pretty lights. Oh, my sense, cried Polly with a little laugh. Haven't you forgotten that? Yes, no, that is, Phronsie, if we could have them all, we wouldn't ever let them go out. Not once, asked Phronsie, coming up to Polly with a little skip and nearly upsetting her, potatoes and all. Not once, Polly, truly? Not for ever and ever, said Polly. Take care, Phronsie. There goes a potato. No, we'll, we'll keep them always. No, you don't want to, said Mrs. Pepper coming out of the bedroom in time to catch the last words. They won't be good tomorrow. Better have them tonight, Polly. Ma'am, said Polly, setting her potato dish on the table, staring at her mother with all her might. What have, mother? Uh, why, the potatoes, to be sure, replied Mrs. Pepper. Uh, didn't you say you better keep them, child? Twasn't potatoes at all, said Polly with a little gasp. Twas... Uh, Dear me, here's Ben. With the door opened and Phronsie, with a scream of delight, bounded into Ben's arms. It's just jolly, said Ben, coming in, his chubby face all aglow and his big blue eyes shining so honest and true. It's just jolly to come home. Supper's ready, Polly. Yes, said Polly. That is all but... And she dashed off for Phronsie's eating apron. Sometime, said Phronsie, with her mouth half full, when the meal was nearly over, we're going to be awfully rich, we are, Ben. Truly, awfully rich. And that's the opening of The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. <laughs> kind of like this. I, I really do. I remember my mom reading this book to me as a very young kid and uh, reading it, some of the other different uh, versions of it in my uh, 
in my childhood. Hope you will enjoy it. Spread it out there. Read to your kids, won't you? Get a book in their hands. All right, that's it. Thank you. Hit our sponsors, please. Go buy something. Blackout Coffee. Get yourself a VPN. Very important. Protect your privacy. Skillshare. Learn a new skill. Nice. Check it out. And don't forget to follow and give us a thumbs up on the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for popping by. I will see you all again tomorrow. Enjoy. You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>